The first important step in sales psychology is really building trust with your customers. But to build trust, you need to establish credibility, show empathy, and be authentic. It could really be a big lever that you pull to increase revenue all around in your business. Welcome back to On The Horizon. This is Melrose Michaels. I am your host, and I'm here to share what's worked for me in building my adult creator business to try to make building yours just a little bit easier. Let's get into today's episode. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed. Hello and welcome everyone. This week's topic is all about sales psychology, This is something I'm super passionate about. I use this in my business and all of my businesses, and it's really made a massive impact. So I'm super stoked to share it with all of you guys here. Sales psychology is basically, it's an essential aspect of your successful sales and marketing strategies. So it involves understanding the psychological factors that drive people to make purchasing decisions using this knowledge to influence their behavior. So the first kind of pillar for me in this conversation is all about building trust. So The first important, most important, I think, step in sales psychology is really building trust with your customers. People are going to be more likely to buy from your business if they trust it. I don't think that that needs too much qualification. I think we've all experienced this on a personal level as consumers. But to build trust, you need to establish credibility, show empathy, and be authentic. So as a content creator, this trust is going to be evident in the amount of new subscribers you average each day to your fan sites. It's going to be evident in the amount of sales that you make on your clip stores and also in the percentage of your community that shows up when you go live on cam someplace. So, for example, new subscribers can join fan sites because they trust that the creative or the creator is going to be active and engaged, constantly updating their feed or their platforms with new content to enjoy. If the fan can't trust that, you can expect the fan to not stick around very long. The sales in your clip store will demonstrate trust if your fan base is there to purchase the new videos that come out consistently. If they're confident buying from you, that means that they're satisfied with the content that they've received in the past. If they at some point make a purchase that they're unhappy with the content from a clip store, they might be less likely to buy a new video that gets put out because the last one didn't meet their expectations. So you can potentially lose that buyer. And this also shows up in the way that your fans attend your live cam sessions and your live cam shows. You can see visibly that they trust you if they're gonna log on when you do, or if they can count on you to log on when you're saying you're going to. So if you say you're gonna be streaming at X time, then they know that they can find you there. And I've seen a lot of models myself, or creators I should say, myself included, as I was a cam model, who hurt my brand's trust by not getting on cam when I announced I would, or not sticking to a schedule I had announced I would be sticking to. So those kind of poor creator habits can develop over time, and those habits will erode the trust with your audience. And that's why I think it's so important to kind of approach this part of your business like a business owner first 
Because can you imagine if a brick or mortar store like, I'll say Walmart, not a big fan of them, but just as an example, if a Walmart posted its daily hours, but then when you showed up during open hours, the store was closed, you'd likely never shop there again because you just wasted all of that time and all of that energy going to that store. So your adult creator business is really no different than that. Your fans need to be able to trust that if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And if you say you're going to be someplace, you're going to be there. If you're enjoying this podcast episode so far, please take one moment to share it with another one of your adult content creator friends, because you know what the rule is here. We do not gatekeep and we want to make as many adult creators businesses as easy as possible. And you sharing this episode with them might do exactly that. Thanks so much in advance. So in terms of trust and building trust with your fans, some actionable steps that you can take as a creator are to one, use customer testimonials. I talk a lot about social proof in these spaces and with the small mentorship that we have in our little group, but social proof like screenshots from happy fans who are complimenting your pages or complimenting your content or your cam sessions, that is sort of like your Yelp review for your brand. So posting positive screenshots from fans is gonna strengthen the trust that potential fans will have with you who are on the fence about buying or subscribing. Another way you can build trust is to really personalize your interactions with your customers or fans by asking them questions and listening to their needs. So I've mentioned this before that although I rarely send mass messages on my pages, I really do focus time and attention with fans in a one-on-one situation in DMs. I'll use their name really frequently. I'll send them voice messages as much as possible this way that they know it's me that they're chatting with, which helps me breed a lot of trust very quickly. Showing empathy is another great way to build trust with your fan base. You can do this by addressing their concerns and demonstrating that you really understand their problems. So for example, if a fan is upset about something and what I try to do instantly is validate their feelings and provide an optimal solution. And I'm not saying by any means that the customer is always right because I don't really agree with that at all. Um, But I will hear my fans out and I will try to come up with a solution that we're both happy with. Because you have to remember, getting new fans is actually fairly difficult and can be fairly expensive. Obviously, we're all shadow banned. We never know if a shout out we're going to purchase is going to give good results. Typically, you have to test like 50 to 100 shout outs before you find the ones that are going to kill. So it's much more cost effective to maintain a good relationship with a fan that you already have on your pages than potentially lose them or write them off when they're frustrated or disappointed or they've misunderstood you or like one of your personal exchanges with them. The last way I would suggest building trust is really by being authentic and honest in regard to the services you offer. So if you can't deliver, say, a custom video in 24 to 48 hours, just don't tell a fan to expect that. If you can't take a video call this evening, don't tell a fan to reach out to you this evening to schedule a video call. It's really your job as the CEO of your business to manage expectations with your customers, aka fans, and then to meet and exceed on the delivery of those expectations. So the more you do that, the more trust will get established and the easier every sale after that will be with the fan. Because once you've sold somebody once on something, it's very easy to continue to sell them. It's actually only difficult if you kind of damage the exchange in the selling process or if you didn't deliver because that is when the trust is kind of eroded or or challenged or, or just kind of damaged. The next part that I really wanna get into outside of trust is understanding the customer's needs. So to sell effectively using sales psychology, you really have to understand the customer's needs and motivations. And we've talked about this a little bit before um, in terms of personal branding and identifying your audience. 
But by understanding what drives your customers, you can tailor your messaging and offer solutions to meet those specific needs. So while I've spoken a lot about understanding your target audience and catering the message to their needs, you really want to consider their desires and their motivations. So this is this plays into sales psychology in a big way because if you can speak to a fan in a way that hits on their desires and motivations, they will instantly feel more rapport with you because they're going to feel like you understand them. And we all, just as humans, want to feel seen. So making your fans feel seen is a really great way to keep them on your page and spending longer. So some actionable steps to really make your audience feel seen and understood would be the simplest one for me is obviously database is to conduct market research. So this market research can help you understand your customers or your fans pain points and motivations. This kind of looks like what could be a poll on your fan site to ask your fans when they want to see you go live. That is market research. You're getting feedback from your fans that lets them know you understand the challenges of attending a live at X time and you want to optimize at a time that they can attend when it works for their schedule. It looks like checking your analytics to see what country your main demographic is from. Because if one of your main demographics speaks another language, well, there's a thousand completely free AI tools that can translate language and you could be posting in a secondary language on your fan site. And that's going to make that part of your audience feel really seen and really understood. Um, Another thing that you could do is really have one-on-one conversations with fans in your DMs to help them understand that you understand why they're on your page, what they're looking for specifically from you, and then also keeping detailed notes on them. A lot of fans show up for just a certain kind of contact, or a lot of fans show up for strictly companionship and like kind of a intimate one-on-one conversation. You have to understand the audience person you're talking to and cater how you sell to them using those, those points or those motivators. So another thing that really helps me is creating buyer personas to help you understand your ideal customer demographics, preferences, behaviors. And whenever I say customer, think fan or customer because we can use them interchangeably. When you're talking sales, marketing, typically we refer to people as customers, but your fan is the same thing. So this again is where I would suggest really detailed notes come into place because your notes on your fans are essentially their buyer personas. So my fan notes will always consist of the name they wanna be called, where they're from, their occupation, if they've been comfortable telling me that in the past, what day they get paid if they've ever mentioned that, because I know that if it's close to payday, I have an increased chance of getting a purchase closed, their pet's name so I can ask about them, any family members or friends that they refer to often so that I can ask about those people, how they're doing, um, any dreams or aspirations they may have mentioned. All of these really detailed notes help because when you can ask specific questions in a one-on-one setting with a fan, They feel remembered, they feel like you listen to them, they feel seen, they feel understood, and they feel important. And the only way to accomplish this at scale, especially if you have a large volume of fans, is going to be with incredibly, incredibly detailed notes. Something I'd love to add in here too, is that when you can ask a fan something super detailed about something they've said to you in the past, they feel like they've stood out to you and that they're important to you. And the way I would frame this is if you've ever gone into like maybe a boutique store or if you've ever gone, I don't know, like to a really high end bougie kind of place and they like greet you with champagne or they they write a special note and you leave it in your hotel room when you were checking in that says your name and thank you for staying and here's a bottle of wine or whatever. Those little things really stand out in terms of a, a consumer's interaction when they purchase something or have gone through an experience with someone. 
So these detailed notes can kind of be your handwritten card gesture to your fans. And that's how they're going to feel about it. It's going to leave a lasting impression on them. So another thing I would say in terms of really understanding your audience is to use social media tools and analytics to monitor customer feedback and conversations. This way you can learn about your audience's needs. So you can do things like turning on Google mentions and get notified, for example, anytime someone writes or mentions your creator name on the internet. So this is nice because it can trigger an email to you to let you know people are mentioning this about your business or mentioning this about you or that they saw you at this event or whatever. It kind of keeps you in the loop about the way your brand is being perceived. And I think it's a really great tool. Um, I've used Google Mentions for all of the businesses I've worked with. Um, when I worked internally at Fencentro, I had Google Mentions on for topics that I knew are important to creators so that when I was building courses for them, I knew what kind of topics to cover. I use Google Mentions in the same way now for Sexwork CEO. And so this way, you're just kind of in the loop in terms of your branding. You can read and reply to comments also on social media. And that's a great way to receive information from fans, engage an idea of where things are landing or performing in your business versus the things that aren't. So feedback is just extremely important. And that includes when it's negative. I would even argue that negative feedback is almost more important than positive feedback. Not that all of it is valid. I would say, I don't know, maybe 5% of the negative feedback we get is actually you know useful and, and um, constructive. But whatever that 5% might be, it could be pointing you towards a shortcoming in your business that you could fix and massively increase revenue. A lot of the things our fans or um, kind of our watchers in this industry will point out to us are going to be stuff that is out of our control, like hands down guaranteed. But there's also going to be those few things where you get a comment that's like, um, if you were to just log on to live webcam at 8 p.m. instead of 6 p.m., you would hit all three time zones more effectively than if you continue to stream at 4 p.m. because you want to be, I want to be done with my workday at 4 p.m. So little feedback like that is like, you know, he's, they, they're actually right. Like I should really kind of consider that feedback and put it into place because they have a point. And if you can listen to some of those mentions and those things that your fan base and customers are saying about you, it could really be a big lever, lever that you pull to increase revenue all around in your business. I think that personally listening is an underrated skill in, in sales and just asking your fans what they'd like to see more of on your pages, like that feedback is important, what content they prefer most, what live shows they find most entertaining, just giving the audience more of what they want by figuring out what it is that they like or they gravitate towards, obviously, as long as it's within your boundaries as a sex worker. Um, and last but not least, a, the another big piece of understanding your audience is really customizing your sales pitch to meet the specific needs of the customer. So for example, when I write my copy or my replies for uh, direct messages, I'll write it differently depending on the fan that I'm interacting with. So some fans are there for companionship. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to them with words like babe or hun or love in those kind of replies. But then on the flip side, I'll have fans that are super fetish niche. So they're going to get the loser, the peasant, the useless kind of replies. And even if I'm selling something to them, the psychology of getting that sales pitch to land is greatly impacted by speaking to the fan as an individual and solving that individual's pain point or meeting their desire or their motivation for being on the page. So really making sure that every word you use is intentional because it's going to help to increase the way that they perceive what's being told to them and your chances of closing the sale. 
The next part that I'd like to touch on that I think is really important for sales psychology is just creating a sense of urgency. Uh, I think most creators are fairly familiar with this concept. It just might not be implemented in all the ways that it could be useful. So creating a sense of urgency is a really powerful way to encourage customers to make purchases quickly. So by creating a deadline or a limited time offer, you can just trigger this FOMO or this fear of missing out and motivate customers to take actions. So I often use FOMO in my sales tactics to increase subscribers or PPV unlocks um, or just drive people to DMs and more. So some actionable steps that are really useful for how to create FOMO or and implement this piece of sales psychology in your business is to use limited time offers or flash sales to create a sense of urgency, things like this deal is only available for the next 20 subscribers or this message self-destructs. So if you don't unlock it within 24 hours, you're never going to get another chance to see it. I use that one often in my PPVs. Something else I'll do is highlight scarcity by indicating that products, like certain amount of things are left, product, it's not really a product, but spaces are left so that people realize that things are running out. So typically I'll put a post on my fan site where I'm like, I only take X amount of customs each month. I only have X remaining. That's a really great way to drive custom sales. Another great tool when using this is by saying that only the first X amount of fans who tip this post X dollars will receive X thing. This is useful because the fans will see how many tips there are publicly. So they will by themselves serve as social proof and then encourage other fans to spend. You'll notice this happening a lot in live webcam shows that it might be completely dead the entire you know stream session. But then when one person starts tipping, someone else will latch on and start tipping and then other people will latch on and start tipping because you've got this social proof that's happening in real time. And that has a really positive effect on the sales psychology of the environment. And I think that's a really cool thing to get to see. So if you've never done live cam, watching some some live cam streams or participating being in live cam streams, you can kind of see how this plays out in real time. Another way is to use countdown timers on your website um, or in your email campaigns to create a sense of urgency. So if you have an email list um, like I do, you can send an email with like a little countdown timer until special events like say Exotica appearances or X3. X3 is a really great example because you can actually encourage ticket sales to X3, which X3 and Xbox actually gives you a rev share of the profit from the tickets you sell. So that's a really great implementation of countdown timers. But you can also use countdown timers in live cam stream sessions, which is a great way to encourage tipping and getting to a goal at a faster speed. You can also do something which I love to do, which is just using language that emphasizes the urgency of the offer. So the don't miss out, this is your last chance, etc. I think that all of those are really, really great ways to increase urgency and increase the idea or the sales psychology of FOMO, fear of missing out, to drive sales in your creator business. So this next part I think is really important because I think this is where most adult creators struggle and that is with overcoming objections. There is an actual sales psychology tactic to overcome the objections that we face when we're trying to sell our fans things. So fans often have objections or concerns before they make the purchase. So overcoming these objections is going to be really critical to closing the sale. So by addressing what the customer objections are, you can demonstrate that one, you understand their concerns, and two, you can offer solutions that address their specific needs or desires. So the main objection, I'm sure we're all thinking it right now, that we get as as adult creators is that this thing is too expensive. Um, Another one may be like this content isn't long enough or I can get X thing from X person for way less. I know that for me, those are like the three standouts that I constantly get in my business. But knowing how to overcome these objections is really important 
And sales psychology is a really great tool to implement in how you do so. So some actionable steps that I think you can take to overcome objections as adult creator or as an adult creator is asking customers about their objections and concerns to understand their hesitations and then reversing reverse engineering it. So because creators often get that objection around price, a tactic that I use often, and I, I've tweeted about it pretty recently, is um, a sales psychology tactic called price anchoring. And this increases your chances of closing the sale. So what you do is you anchor at a really high price point when you first mention the price of something. And then when the fan feels that's too expensive, you anchor lower at the real price. So the first price is the anchor. The second price is the actual price you wanted to sell the thing for because the second price will seem so low in comparison to the, the anchor price that you set. They're going to feel like they're getting a deal. So for example, if a fan asked me for a custom video, say 10 minutes, I would respond, hey, I'm really excited that you're interested in a custom. I charge $100 per minute for my custom videos. So that 10-minute custom that you're interested in is going to run around $1,000. But this is what I can do. If you are comfortable tipping today for it, I'll do a 10-minute custom for $6.99 instead. And I'll have it edited and delivered to you in 48 hours. And if it's not to you in 48 hours, I'll even send you three bonus videos for free just for the delay. I just love to make sure that you have something special that's made just for you before the month is over. So you can see how I brought in the anchor. I anchored at 1000 It was really high. And then when I came back with the real price, which is $6.99, that's the price I wanted, that is the actual price that they feel that they're getting a deal and they feel that they've been heard and they've been validated because they thought your price point was too high. So that's a really effective sales tactic you can use. Anchoring is very, very good. It works way more often than not. Highly suggest using that if you haven't already. We do have someone coming up to speak. It's a Zay. I'm going to bring you up real quick. Welcome, Zay. Welcome, welcome. I like what you was talking about. I'm a, uh independent entrepreneur, marketer, sex worker myself, and I want some tips to people because I'm a male and I got both sides of the community and all that. But I do custom sales, all that type of stuff. So actually right now I'm going to get tested. So I'm on it. <laughs> I'll be working. But I, I yeah, but I'm a, I just wanted to tell some people like, yeah, you're totally right. Like you got to you know, make sure you just cop, uh, what is it? Communicate with your, uh, your, your buyers because they're your buyers. So you can really negotiate with them because you're like a real business and that's going to help you make a lot of more money than you just, you know, thinking the generic saying like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. Like they're going to respond. You got to kind of cope with them and do everything. The way I move is I do marketing and I do everything that works for myself. What's up, buddy? I do everything that works for myself. So you know, you just stick on that. And I, I basically learned, like, if you look at my page and my niche, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm doing too much. You can just figure out a lot. You can just figure out a lot of stuff, like, for your own niche. Because, like, I'm a dude, right? And I'm a, and I'm my own sexual. I call myself asexual, But I support every community and I show love to everybody. But I make sure I cater to everybody. You know, my my male community, my female community, my people who like the fetishes, the people like everything is organized and everything is right for myself. So like my OnlyFans is free, but I got like 80,000 people on there and it's free. And the only reason they stay on there is because I talk to them every day, all day, you know, and I make sure I negotiate and do a lot of things. So you just got to stick on it. And the more and more you do that, the more and more people is going to, you know, negotiate with you and, uh, had the best results for you. Cause every day you can be getting paid like whatever type of money you want. Like I, I do promos and I get paid like every day because of, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Because I just, I know how to post, like I know what to post for the people to uh, engage. 
I know, you know, what's going to get activity. I just kind of learned my page. And I tell people like, um, cause my numbers, I got over 428 million insights <laughs> on Twitter. So, you know, but it took, um, it took just learning my, my, my algorithm. Cause as a male or as somebody who's not like, you know, with a company or something like that, it was a little bit harder for me at first. It wasn't easy. Like, as you can see, like shout outs to the people who coming into her space Make sure you follow the host and the co-host because I do stuff like that. You know, I'm the one that brings a lot of people in. I'm the one that does a lot of promo, you know, whole bunch of that type of, you yeah. know, stuff. And I just like what you were saying. So I wanted to come and elaborate and I appreciate you. I'm going to follow you right now. I was randomly saw you talking on here. So I was like, OK. And if anybody want to follow me, uh, I'll follow you back. If anybody want to follow me, you know, I'm in Los Angeles with it. So and and out here, it's, it's kind of easy, but still, like, I feel like, you know, doing stuff like being on Twitter, it's kind of everybody don't got the, the marketing mindset of Twitter or, you know, mini viz or Fansly, but all that stuff. Just know that when you have your list ready, have your uh, your uh, your numbers ready, have everything ready and organized. Because like when I do promos, when I do managing people pages, when I do anything, I got it all written down in my notes so I can just copy and paste, you know, keep it professional and stay right on top of it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think something you said too that really stood out to me, and this is um, something I've implemented myself as well, is that like at the end of the day, you want to close the sale. So unless you're willing to negotiate, you you're just leaving money on the table. Because I'd rather have a sale at fifty dollars instead of the hundred I wanted because I'm still getting fifty dollars. Yeah, because like I I do so. promos, and usually everybody got their own option, but I charge sixty dollars for four days. Now, what if somebody be like? I ain't got sixty dollars. I'd be like, all right, send me twenty. Yeah, I ain't got to. All right, send me ten. I ain't. I send me five because every dollar matters. And then they're gonna come yeah. back and send you more money because you show love to them. Also, be genuine to everybody, especially your sellers, because that, hey, because they the ones that's buying your stuff. So if you like, I I treat them like family. I'd be like, how you're doing? Good morning. How you feeling? You know what I'm saying? I'm a people's person. I know how to talk. I feel like that's very very cool and I like to help people because you don't know what somebody going through. They watching your videos, but they, they just want you to say hey to them and they might send you like $2,000. You never know. Yeah, that's right. I think every uh, every customer and follower is important. I touched on that on our last space for sure because it's like I've had fans that were, you know, didn't spend a dollar for six years and now they spend over, I would say five figures a year on my pages. And it's like if I didn't cater and like take time to build that fan and that rapport, I would have lost out on that huge huge spender so your buyers and the people that's been there on your only because you ladies be having buyers that be on your only fans paying for like two years sometimes um, excuse me sometimes they can accept gifts sometimes they you know you can help them out like you ain't got to get them money but you can help them out and get them some content or be like oh here you go like just be on it and the more you on it you're the more you're going to make it to a millionaire honestly you just got to have business and just really be on it and the more you own it the more it's going to be like chess Absolutely. Oh, I love chess. That you just hit my sweet spot. All right, I'm gonna bring up. We got Emma and Goddess waiting to come up. I'm gonna bring them up here. Have an awesome day's day. Appreciate you getting tested. Love that you did that on the space. I love that. All right, Em, let me bring you up. All right, welcome, Em. You have the speaking space. Oh, I believe in. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, first, I wanted to thank you because you're always running these really great spaces. We are also thankful and learning 
And this has been just like so amazing to have some guidance and leadership because it's so lacking in this industry. So I, I figured you're pretty good at One thing I wanted to touch on is I wanted to uh, ask you a question, but also go back to something that you said. You had mentioned uh, listening to understand what customers want from you. And I wanted to say that that is such an important piece of information. I had no idea what my niches were when I first started. I didn't know what people wanted from me. You know, I got on there and I was like, I'm girl next door. And it's like literally everybody is <laughs> girl next door. Yeah. So I listened to what people wanted from me. I even heard like what people who didn't want to pay for anything saw for me. And I started making videos and I started creating content that they wanted to see and started to be able to sell that really understanding and learning what people wanted. Um, but I two ears, one mouth. Yeah, I'm always I'm always trying to learn and understand what's going on. So what I wanted to say was I do much better, much, much, much better on live. Like in um, I do I stream on Streamate and I do so much better live than I do in a um, like in a fansly or only fans type platform, like on a fans uh, site. So for me, I find it a lot easier to get that social proof in chat because right there on the right hand side, I've got my reviews below that. I've got a hundred different tags. People love me. They've got all these different great things to say about me. It's easy to get that social proof. So, and a lot of models didn't get that sales training of ABC always be closing. You know, somebody comes in and says, let me see your XYZ. And I, I tell them, Hey, this is choose your own adventure. That's this much for a tip. And I'll be happy to show you my XYZ rather than just getting upset and kicking them out. So I'm always looking for that opportunity. Um, and I love the takeaway close. When somebody says you're too expensive, then I tell them, oh, well, you know, that's too bad for you because I must be just too much model for you. And I, I learned that really when I was back selling cars, when people would come in, they wanted the they wanted the V8 with the bells and whistles, but they could only afford the, you know, the four cylinder with the, <laughs> the used car. You show them the payment and all of a sudden they say, well, I guess I can find more money. So some people just like to negotiate. Some people just have that ingrained in their culture. And all it takes is a, well, no, I guess, you know, you just can't afford me and that's on you. And it can convert them. But my question is, how do I convert those people in a text context? If they're messaging me on OnlyFans or on Fansly, how do I get them to take a look at that social proof and say it is worth it? That's a great question. I love that you brought up those other ways to close, too, because those are some of my favorites, especially a takeaway close. Um, but in terms of the DMs and converting in that sense with social proof, uh, I, I'll send my screenshots to other fans. So like if I have someone who's like, well, I really want a custom, but it's really expensive and I just don't know if, I, if it's going to be like that great or whatever, I'll send him like four screenshots of like phenomenal reviews from customs I've done. And I'll be like, these are the review, uh, reviews of customs I've done in the last two weeks. And they were a little unsure and like on the fence as well. But I'll I'll give you a guarantee. Like if you're not super happy with it, I'll throw in three videos for free. Like I can always leverage something else, especially low ticket items like old content that I filmed like three, five you know, years ago. I've been at this a decade, so I've got old stuff. Um, but you can leverage other things or like a free sexting session or whatever to finish closing the deal if the social proof isn't enough. But the social proof definitely helps. So I would just send them the screenshots just outright in DMs. Um, and that that's kind of the approach that I've taken. But is I don't know if that answers your question completely. Is that what you're what you're meaning? Yeah, I think that what I'm probably looking for is like how I can craft a response like that. Like, how can I take some of those screenshots and say, hey, these are reviews of what people say of me. 
here's what um, the last three people that got a custom from me thought of their customs. And I, I go above and beyond. They order a 15 minute, I give them 17 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and I just I want to know how to really craft that kind of response without coming off too cocky, because in person online, when I'm streaming, I can laugh, I can be charming. But through text, it's so hard to to really just nail that down. So then the second thing I would suggest, and this is something I do a lot of on my pages, is I'll use like voice messages because you're going to get a lot more authenticity through a voice memo than you are going to do it in just writing. So the reason it converts so well in live cam is they can see you and they can hear you and they get that that personalized like real life experience. And voice is the second most intimate thing compared to that. So like voice is going to transfer more than a video, I would say even. Just because voice, it feels like they're on a phone call with you. So like, I'm sure you're familiar if you're texting a loved one. That's great and all. But when you get on a phone with them, it's just so much more. It's just so much more moving. It's so much more connective. Um, so I would follow up with a voice message and have the conversation in voice, at least on your end. And these would be for free. I would just send free. I send a lot of free voice messages um, and then ha- close them verbally in an audio message because then they're going to be like, oh, she's legit and she's persuasive. And I, I hear her and I love her voice and it's, I'm going to. It's going to sound so good saying my name and like all of these things, you know, so I would leverage voice messages for that. Okay, I think I love that idea. All right, I'm going to try that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay, I'm going to bring I'm going to take you down. I try to keep just one person up as speaker just so no one talks over each other. Let me bring up Queen. I'm going to bring you up as speaker. Hello. Hello, Queen Tricks. I joined your space last week for the first time. Wow. How informative are you guys like? You are awesome. So I just need to throw that in there. Like there's not enough people out there like you supporting and giving people advice like like you guys are. I think I dropped you a message as well to say how great it was. So basically, um, I run my own Dominatrix webcam platform. It was launched a year ago. We're just about to go viral in the UK from a sense of marketing and PR, etc. However, I think for me personally, um, I don't have a huge following on Twitter and my weakness as an individual, apart from being a businesswoman, is social media marketing, how to get my following up a lot higher um, and things like that, because give me someone's business plan and give me someone's company and I will grow it to millions of pounds because I used to work in banking and investment and used to raise capital of up to like 12 million in like nine months. And I'm fascinated by the adult industry, hence why I joined it. And I'm also quite dom-like in my normal vanilla life. Um, And one of the reasons I started my own platform was because um, a lot of the webcam platforms and adult content platforms are absolutely ripping people off. Um, So I wanted to give something back. And I've also created a community for people. So you said something to last week in your your, um, spaces about um, creating a community and not always thinking about the pounds, which I don't. And from that, my business has grown quite phenomenally over the last year or so. Um, I have to drive traffic to my own website. I've started from scratch. Um, and it's just through reputation of also speaking to people in a non-kinky way as well. So guys that have had problems or they're depressed, um, that kind of thing. And I really want to get out the right messages from a personal level, I guess, and a business point of view, because like I said, on our following, we're quite low. But due to the hard work, we can see what we're doing is working. And we've now got one of the largest UK uh, PR and marketing companies helping us at the moment. So I'm now in sort of newspapers and I'm hoping for some television later on this year. But social social things for me is what I really, really struggle with. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on point with you, really, of how we can grow that from how I can grow that from a personal level 
and from a business level yeah for sure i think that just on so are you talking about the the socials for the business or the socials for both an individual because i i'm actually a dominatrix myself so I'm actually on my own platform promoting myself. Um, majority of the clients that come to my website um, are all through people that I've organically brought and also found from other sources. So we've got, gosh, way over a thousand people now on our website, plus actual traffic coming like guests. And I've done that pretty much on my own um, to try and build the business up. And I just, my Twitter following just though isn't following in the way that it should, even though I'm putting real graft and hard work in. So that's kind of where I'm a little bit stuck because I've been going at it a year and I should have a lot more, but I think social media is my weakness. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And that's kind of where I need the help on a personal okay. and on a business level. Um, we do have um, a PR and marketing company running our socials at the moment, but they've only sort of been doing that the last month and that's kind of growing quite quickly, but I want to do the same on my own personal one. So that's kind of where I was looking for a little bit of advice really. Okay. So in terms of the business, it sounds like the, the PR firm will handle it. And I would just monitor that closely because in terms of audience, it does take time. Like yeah. I'm I'm at 50K, but I've also, I mean, I lo- I've lost Twitters. I've lost Instagrams. I've had to start over, things like that. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side, on the personal brand, you, you we face just additional resistance being adult creators, right? So we're going to get shadow banned. We're going to yeah. have these additional obstacles. So any way you can PG-13 down the content, just so you don't have to face that additional resistance of a shadow ban, I think that's really useful. And then the easy, the fastest way, I should say, to grow on the personal brand side is through collaboration. So it's a little difficult when you're in the dom niche because doms typically don't want to be very collaborative with other doms. Cause they- oh, I love it. That's oh, what that's cool. I, I love. Um, so I actually do double dom sessions as well, camming. Oh, um, and obviously my job is to find models. So we've got over 107 models to the website now. Um, only a certain percent of those dominatrix use the website obviously because some of them are like twitter doms i would call them rather than webcamming people um so we're now growing the models and we've now got models starting to approach us to come onto our platform because it's so niche there's barely anything else out there that's specific for the kinks and the fetish guys so that's what i've created and we're doing it as a offering out really good commission rates etc because some of these companies are taking like 70 percent from people i mean that's absurd amounts of money they shouldn't be doing that so that's where i wanted to kind of slot it and it and it's just about not kind of taking it to the next level but i kind of want to do it on a personal level and really get a head start i guess that so i would definitely suggest collaborating with other doms to do like social like think of a way that you can incorporate like for example something that's totally safe for work but involves dom to dom so that you can cross promote your fans and if, yeah. on the flip side if you do live camming if there's some kind of like on only fans for example there's a co-live feature where like if you are in your location and i'm in my location we can both live stream on each other's platforms at the same time so mm-hmm. that we're like side by side in our chat rooms and then we're exchanging fans from both our fan sites so if there's some kind of co- collaborative live feature that would be a great way to exchange audiences and grow quickly if there's a PG-13, a safe for work thing, you could do forward facing, like maybe 21 questions from one dom to another and you do a very like YouTube kind of show and then put okay. that out on social. So you're collaborating and exchanging audiences. Um, it's very easy to get pigeonholed into thinking strictly adult, but really the way you get new fans into adult is by marketing to mainstream because that's where they are. So sure. I would definitely do something forward facing like that. And then on the, on the flip side, on the just the brand side for growing the brand socials, 
it's all about providing value. So you could be putting out information on um, things you could say as a dom, like um, verbiage you could use, how to do this safely, how to do ropes safely, how to do this safely. Like you can be educational and that will grow the brand because you're going to attract the audience of doms that you want to reach. So I think that would be the best approach on the business side. Awesome. No, that's really, really awesome. Thank you so much. I just, and also I just wanted to say thank you because the information that you're giving out is invaluable, I have to say. Um, and then it's been more people like you on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to remove you as a speaker just in case someone else wants to go up. And then I'm going to jump right back into here. I do have one more question that was submitted anon. It looks like this person's at a cafe. <laughs> they don't want to speak too loud. Totally understandable. Um, they were wondering in terms of keeping fan notes on the sites for my fans, um, do I do this in a separate document or how do I keep track? So OnlyFans specifically has a little at the top of the DM with your your fan on OnlyFans. There's a little icon. It looks like a piece of paper, like a notepad. If you click it, you can keep notes there. And that's in the platform on OnlyFans itself. You could keep a Google Doc and then you could control F to search for their username to jump to whatever the notes on that specific fan are. I've done that in the past when I was doing strictly live webcam. I had huge Google Docs of just things fans had said to me so that I could control F and search it very quickly when I'm interacting with them live. Something else you can do, there's like, I know like FanCentral platform has an area for notes. Almost all the adult platforms will have a notes area. Um, even the CAM platforms have a little notes section on your users now. Um, so I would just use whatever is in platform. And if you want to be like extremely, extremely cross-platform about it, like obviously most of us are on multiple platforms, I would stick to the Google Doc and then search it quickly. And then whenever you add someone that is cross-platform, say you have a fan on Sex Panther, you have the same fan on Microcams, you have the same fan on OnlyFans, make sure you include all three of their usernames um, at the top of their notes section in your doc. This way, if you're searching one, one version of their username, it brings you to that person's notes collectively because that was very useful for me, especially when I was in the cam space. So you can do it either way. You can do it on platform. If you have a lot of crossover fans, I would stick to in a doc, a Google doc, or like a, an Excel spreadsheet would even work. But it kind of depends on the way you work and what's going to be kind of native to the way you function in your business. So I spend most of my time on OnlyFans these days and Sex Panther. There's notes on each. I will just kind of use the little note um, section there. But if I was on 16 platforms instead of the primary two or three, I would probably go back to my Google Doc way of doing things personally. So, okay, that being said, I do want to jump back in here. We were just talking about actionable steps to overcome objections. And I want to circle back. So obviously we have that first bit that I talked about, which is just addressing their concerns, understanding their hesitation, and then reverse engineering it. Again, um, one of the ways I'll do this is by price anchoring, which increases your closing percentages, anchor the price really high, come in at the actual price, which is low in comparison, and helps you close the deal. The next part I want to get into is just anticipating the objection and addressing it proactively in the sales pitch. The easiest way to close the sale is to tell them why they're going to say no to you up front, and then pitch the sale. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's very, very effective. So just anticipate the objection, say it out loud, and then overcome it with the sales pitch. So a way that I use this um, really often in my business is in my Twitter DMs. I will write a fan back who's DMing me asking for free stuff. And I'll be like, well, what about if I was to give you 30 free videos? Is that something you'd be interested in? And they're always going to say yes, because that's what they're there for anyways. They want free stuff. And then I will give them a free trial link to my OS page because I know there's 30 videos on my feed at all times. So for three days, they'll have a free trial and free access to all 30 videos. 
So I didn't have to leave room in that conversation for them to say, I don't want to join your OnlyFans or for them to say your OnlyFans cost too much because I led with the offer that I knew they would not refuse. And then I undermined the objection to the price by providing them a free trial. So that is a nice little script. You can run that pretty much bats 100. And again, we can come back to social proof as well. Those testimonials will help you overcome objections because they'll demonstrate the effectiveness of the product or service that you offer to your fans. So when fans are worried, they don't they won't like a custom. From me, I'll show them screenshots from happy custom buyer, buyers. When fans are unsure if they want to stay subscribed to my fan site or subscribe to my fan site, I'll show them screenshots from happy fans on my fan site. Um, I also keep screenshots from various platforms. So if I'm talking with a fan that's interested in Sex Panther, I'm showing them Sex Panther testimonials. If I'm talking to a fan that's interested in joining OnlyFans, I'm showing them OnlyFans testimonials. And I have them sorted that way because it's going to be more convincing if it's about the platform they're interested in or about the thing they're interested in. I also will leverage those positive comments from fans via the social proof to help close sales with any new potential ones. So when I say potential ones, I'm talking about the fans on Twitter, the fans on Instagram, the, all those hundreds of thousands of people that might follow you that haven't converted into a paying subscriber or a paying clip buyer or um, a paying tipper on live stream. Just posting these social proofs or testimonials to social as like as a photo, as a, a part of your carousel and your slides up show on Instagram, as long as it's not explicit in, in its context, those will go a long way as well. So I'll typically post a random you know screenshot on Twitter about something awesome a fan said to me, and I'll include my link to OnlyFans so that that helps convert sales as well. Another thing you can do, which is really useful to overcome objections, I kind of mentioned this before, is to guarantee a trial period, um, sorry, offer a trial period or a guarantee, which will help reduce the risk factor for customers, which helps address their concerns. So it's really hard to offer a guarantee in our kind of business because it's hard to guarantee, like, guarantee they're going to come or guarantee they're going to like what they see or guarantee they're not going to just be mad regardless and want free things. That's something that obviously does happen. But what I'll do is I'll guarantee things like um, a custom video. I will guarantee that you will have your custom in 48 hours. And if not, I'll give you 30 days free to my fan site. Or I'll guarantee that you're going to come during a sexing session on Sex Panther. And if you don't, I'll send you a five-minute video clip completely free. Because for me, it's all about retaining this customer and making sure their experience is peak because that's going to stand out to them. Other creators aren't offering these kinds of things. They're not offering guarantees. They're not offering um, additional value if someone's unsatisfied. And you can really leverage low-ticket things like clips or little videos that you have laying around or, or photos that you have laying around or trials to help sell and close the deal on high-ticket things like customs, for example. If you're trying to sell a $500 custom and the fan's like, mm, I don't know, but you're like, look, if you don't like it, I'm going to send you three other videos too. And they're like, okay, well, it's a no-brainer. I'm getting so much stuff. Like, how can I say no to that? And that's what where this kind of leverage of social proof is going to come into play. And these trials and guarantees are going to help close those deals. So all of that aside, I do want to touch on just some last few additional language tricks that I love to use. You can use certain language and certain words to evoke emotion in humans and humans across the board. And those are going to trigger responses in customers. So words like new, limited, exclusive, free, all of those can create urgency and prime a potential customer or subscriber to take action. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, seeing those words because, you know, salespeople use it on us all the time. In all those emails that are sitting, piling up in your inbox, you're going to see words like that limited, exclusive, free. All of those are to create urgency and close a sale. You can also use positive language. Positive language 
it creates a more favorable perception of the thing you're trying to sell. So instead of saying like, my videos are not expensive, you would rephrase that to say, my videos are really affordable or my videos are really great value for the price. Changing that kind of connotation to be positive instead of negative, too expensive, that's going to go a long way in terms of the way your language is received and the amount of sales you'll close. So another thing you can do is use personal pronouns. I always and I strictly use personal pronouns in my DMs. So things like you and your, whenever you incorporate that into your sales pitch, it's going to create a really like sense of a personal connection with your customer or your fan. And they're going to feel like you're speaking directly to them. A pro tip on top of that, I will also say use personal pronouns in all of your content. When I'm speaking in any content, I'm speaking in first person, like I'm talking to one other person in the room. So I'm saying, babe, I'm not saying, hey, loves, hey, babes. No, not plural. I'm saying, babe, you, I, us, are, we. And that really makes the fan subconsciously bond to your content through your visual works because they feel like they're there in the room with you. Uh, if you want a double pro tip on that one, make sure when you're filming, you're looking at the actual camera lens on your phone or camera um, because that will feel to the fan or to the viewer like you're also making eye contact with them as well. Last but not least, my other favorite part of this is using storytelling. Um, storytelling can be a really effective way to engage with customers and make your product or service very relatable. So by sharing a story or an anecdote, you can really trigger an emotional connection with a customer or a fan, and that's going to increase the likelihood of the sale. So if I had a fan who was nervous about purchasing a custom, it's a great example again, what I would do is I could tell them like, hey, I actually just had a fan who was also nervous about purchasing a custom. It was his first time. And he wasn't really sure what to expect, but I delivered his custom in 40, 40 hours of him ordering it. And within one hour of him watching it, he had already ordered his next custom. So I can assure you, you're really going to love this experience. It's really going to make it feel like I'm there with you in the room and we're going through this experience together. So using stories like that and anecdotes are really, really powerful sales tools. They're very triggering for humans. They're very, very um, useful in the strategy for sales on your pages. And also creators rarely seem to use them. So addi additional to the language tricks, you can also use pricing tricks. This is something I do in all of my pricing models across all of my all of my businesses, not even just my adult one. But one thing is bundling. So you'll often see this on fan sites. I see this pretty often used amongst creators. It's a great tactic where you bundle the price um, of what you're offering. So multiple videos, multiple clips, multiple whatever, and you sell it at a discounted price. This creates a sense of value for the fan because it's encouraging them to make the purchase because they're getting so much for so seemingly little. Um, so one way I use this is at the end of every month on my fan site, I'll bundle the new videos that went out that month and I will sell it for a bundle price of like $49.99 um, just to get that additional sale for fans who want to keep that content. So bundles are really useful. The only thing I would say to be hesitant on or careful with in terms of bundles is make sure you're not devaluing your content because there's also creators I've witnessed um, just creators I'll follow randomly on socials or on um, fan sites and they'll bundle like 100 videos for $9.99 or something crazy to me like that. You also want to make sure you're not devaluing your content because if you're selling 100 things for $9.99, when you have something new, you're not selling that one new thing for $9.99 or higher because you just discounted the value of all of your content with that previous offer. So be careful with that. Make sure you're, the language you're using is, is specialized and the copy you're writing is targeting and emphasizing the fact that this is a bundle for this reason. You're getting this value of content for this price point, And I would also attach it's only available for X limited a time. Um, this way you can use both psychology tactics all in one sale. 
Another thing I do, you'll notice this on my pages and all my clips, I use odd pricing. Odd pricing is kind of the the way where you round to a lower whole number. So example, $9.99 instead of $10. Um, this creates the perception of a better deal. Human psychology says that we only really look at that first number. We don't look at the 99 cents. So instead, if it was $10, we would think in our head it's $10. But when we see $9.99, we think it's $9. So we automatically round down. And that's super, super powerful in terms of sales psychology. So all my price points on my pages, on my content, typically end at 99 cents. Because again, our brains tend to round the cost down to that first digit. Um, and honestly, most people will tip the full amount. If I sell something for $9.99, they're still typically tipping $10, which is um, a nice extra penny on top of it. The last but not least, in terms of pricing tricks, uh, you can also use discount framing. So discount framing is just the practice of presenting discounts in different ways to influence customer behavior. So for example, instead of offering a discount as a percentage, which would be like my page is 20% off, what could be more effective is offering the dollar amount. So my page is $10 off. So it depends what you're selling and what the actual price point is, whether you flip-flop what's more effective, the percentage or the dollar amount. But playing with those and testing those in the way you frame your offer is really, really important. And it can vastly different, like vastly change the outcome of the sale. So that all being said, I did have one more question before I wanted to wrap this up. It came through in DMs. So that is just wondering what sort of attrition is expected from free things versus reduced price trials. Attrition, I'm assuming you're saying like, what what is the damage on retention for people that come through for free things versus trial things or reduced percentage trials? Um, a good example, I, I have this in practice on my pages, is my first 30 days to my fan site is discounted uh, heavily. So it's like $3.75 for the first 30 days. And then it renews at $24.99, which is a very high price point. But the, re the way that this works is we want to always lower the barrier of entry for, for new subscribers. We want to reduce the risk they feel on spending that money initially until we've proven the concept to them or we until we've proven ourselves that our page is worth staying sub to. So if you can keep that initial price point low and lower that barrier for them to just get on the page, that's always going to go a long way. So that is where I would say reduced pricing really shines. Another place where the reduced pricing or trials will shine is in retention offers. So if you have a subscriber that's expired and you want to get them back, offering them the first 30 days discounted to come back and also saying that it's only limited to the next people, you know, 10 people that 20 people that take you up on this deal. Um, that is really a powerful way where reduced price trials or reduced promo pricing is really effective. Now, on the flip side, in terms of what's expected with free trials, the attrition from free trials is always going to be high. So people who typically migrate towards free trials are typically lower quality fans. They're lower quality spenders. They are looking for something for free. So a lot of the free trial attrition is just a given. It's a numbers game. So if you're giving out 100 free trials and you get one to three paying subscribers that stick and spend, you're still winning in my eyes, especially because free trials don't cost you anything to give. Um, yeah, they come to your page. They see your content. I understand that as artists, like we don't want a ton of people viewing our art for free. But I, I love this analogy that we recently used on Twitter was like, until an artist sells something, they put it out on a gallery for people to see. So when people see it, they typically will then stay and spend um, or purchase the art. So while free trials are high attrition rate, most people don't stick. The benefit is that the few that do, you acquired that traffic for free. You didn't lose anything doing it. You just gave away some free trials. And on the flip side, if you're running an OnlyFans page specifically, and you're being very intentional about following back your fans who come come through the door. I follow back every fan I have. 
even if their free trial expires, I can still mass message and DM one-on-one my expired users. So even though their free trial is gone, they can't see my page, I can still make sales on them in DMs. So for me, the value on a free trial, despite the attrition, is still extremely high because I just posted stats on SexRxCO in a tweet, I think it was yesterday, where I ran less than 30 days of free trials and made $1,600. When people bash the free trial thing, I just think that they aren't really looking at the data or don't have the data to support that it's useful or that it works. Um, And I'm not saying it works every time. Again, the attrition rate is high. But if you're optimizing your page in a thoughtful way, you can still make money using free trials despite the attrition, despite them not sticking. So I think um, there's there's a place for both of these things. There's a place for free trials and there's a place for reduced um, promo offers as well. I think they're both significant and both super important. So just to come back, um, ultimately, in terms of sales psychology, understanding the principles are so critical to successful sales and marketing. You want to build the trust. You want to understand the customer's needs. You want to use social proof and you want to create a sense of urgency by overcoming the objections. And you can increase your sales and build long-lasting fan relationships when you take these steps. So remember, always focus on the needs of your customer. Always be authentic in your interactions. Try to establish trust and build a loyal customer base or fan base that's going to stick around and stay spending. The goal is not to make fast sales. I know that's a goal at some point in our careers, you know, when bills are due or when shit hits the fan in life, because life does happen. But it's ultimately long-term goal. It is not to make fast sales. It's to make super fans. And keeping that in mind when interacting with your fans, that is what your business is going to thank you for. So now that we're past just the sales psychology portion of this, I do want to touch on all the information we put out here at Sexwork CEO. We put out for free because we believe in this idea that the more financially successful adult creators are, the more resources we will have as a community to do important shit like lobby Congress, impact policy, organize, and more so If you find value in the stuff you heard here today or the tweets that you've engaged with, please, please, please consider sharing to make this journey easier for another adult creator friend that might follow you. It is our only ask is that you just retweet our stuff and share as much as possible because we want to help as many creators as humanly possible. So thank you in advance for that. And that being said, this is going to conclude for today. Next week's is going to be entirely about copywriting. I'm obsessed with copywriting. (laughs) This is something... I help a lot of creators with. It is something I know a lot of you listening could probably benefit from. So if you are around, please join us for that. It's going to be amazing. So if you're just struggling to write copy to, you know, in DMs for fans or on your feed posts or even your clip store descriptions, your page bios, whatever it is, make sure to come join us. And I will see you there, CEO Squad. Thank you so much. It would be absolutely incredible. If you rated this podcast five stars and left a little review, we want to get this podcast to as many adult creators as possible. And you taking a second to leave a couple stars and a review really helps us do that. Thanks so much. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, From the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed.